Hello and welcome to Tea and Business Lounge Podcast, Episode 5. Today, with my guest Sander Hremen, we will tackle the question about well-being and the stress, including main tips and misconceptions about it. Stress and well-being management is such an essential part. Being a business owner or working in the corporate world, it doesn't matter. This is one of the key foundational parts to be successful. So, hello and welcome, Sander. Hello. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you very much. So, Sander, what is your job and how did you get it? My company name is Crystal Clarity. And what we do, we measure people's body with technology. What we measure exactly is heart rate variability that gives us insight in the activity in the autonomic nervous system. And that shows us when people are stressed and when people are recovered. I started my company one and a half years ago. We quickly focused on well-being, energy management, stress management. That is something that I also did before for companies. Um, I was always focused on quiet the mind and have more rest in the body. I also am a martial artist for around 24 years. Wow. So there I learned how to breathe, how to deal with pressure. I also saw the distinctions between what is causing stress, how you can be relaxed even if there is pressure. Not that I'm using any physical activities when I'm coaching or training people, but I can explain exactly what it's about. So that's how I got into this. Oh, that's why you look so calm all the time when I see you. (laughs) Yeah, on the outside I'm very calm all the time. (laughs) So, Sander, let's tackle that big topic and big uh, buzzword called well-being, which is so popular our days and mm-hmm. it's so popular in the companies it's so much on the agenda what is it and why everyone talks about it now yeah it's an interesting topic because there are many different views about it also many models that uh, describe it slightly differently but in the end it's all about the same thing it's about our body how much stress do we experience it's about our uh, mental well-being Uh, psychological stress, but also emotional stress. And that occurs in many different areas of our lives. So well-being for me, if I would describe it, it's about happiness. It's about being healthy and have enough energy to do the things that you love to do. So let's talk specifically, what is well-being at work? What does that mean? And what does it define? Well-being at work for me is that people feel uh, happy at work. And to be happy, you need to have some freedom to to do the things that you really love to do. So there's a huge responsibility for the employee, but also for the employer. It's really about the right person on the right spot. At the other hand, it's also about health. There are many jobs where people also can get back problems, for example. So also taking care of the employees that that they are healthy enough. And for me, it's also about energy management. Uh, nowadays, in a, in a modern work life, we don't have any moment where we really recover. And we have a lot of symptoms that people have too much chronic stress. And that is what we also see in our measurements. And that's what we also want to, uh, to change so that people have a better balance between stress and it's an energy that is draining and recovery and energy that is recovering process yeah it's 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 like a um like a smartphone 
you always want to make sure that your your smartphone is working and that's why we always do our best to find a spot to charge our iPhone uh, on time. Um, and what we do, we want to do exactly the same thing with the body. Always make sure that you charge it on time. Yeah, it's such a clear comparison. So how is it different with the stress? Or is it the same thing, just different side of the coin? Stress is a part of well-being. In the body, everything is connected with each other. For example, uh, alcohol addiction is causing stress because alcohol is creating a stress hormone. But a game addiction, for example, doesn't always have to create stress. Maybe what we can see is while people are gaming too much that they get irritated, but maybe they aren't. But what people have that are addicted to uh, gaming, for example, they do it late in the evening, and that's why they're... Um, sleep patterns are disturbed and that is affecting their next work day. So it's it's a part of well-being. I would not call it exactly the same. So can you elaborate more? What is stress? Uh, stress is a physical reaction in the body. We have stress hormones and the stress hormones will release in certain uh, conditions. But stress is, is a reaction in the autom- autonomic nervous system. We also call it the gas pedal. It's the moment that we are focusing, are spending energy on something. And that's why stress is not a bad thing, because we need stress to focus, to uh, give a presentation, to solve complex problems. So what are key and main misconceptions about stress at work, in your opinion? Well, the main misconception is that stress is related to work. There is an assumption in life that we drain energy at work and that we gain energy when we are in, in our private life. But it's actually not true. If we look at, if we measure, we see that private life is as draining as their working life. Um, Or sometimes even more. <laughs> yeah, sometimes even more, especially when you have children, especially if young children, for example, and you, uh, you don't get so much sleep <laughs> because of them. And sleep is, has a huge influence on us. Besides that, also what we drink and eat has a lot of influence on us. So there are many different things that can influence us. And people think stress is related to work, and that's not true. So to give an example, when two people have exactly the same job, this exactly the same working conditions, but person A had a very nice sleep last night, and person B woke up many times, he had a broken night. The next day they are in the same circumstances with the same task. Person A can feel excellent and doesn't feel any work pressure and is just in the flow. And person B can experience a lot of work pressure. So that's also why work pressure is very subjective. It is not a real thing. So everything is influencing us and there's no one cause. Another misconception is people think that stress is bad. But stress is only bad when we have it for a too long time or we have too much high peaks without any recovery breaks. But actually, stress is a very normal response in the body. We need stress to uh, wake up. We need stress to focus. We need stress to understand somebody. It's just a function that we have to perform. And of course, we need stress to survive. Only those circumstances were very important in the past, but we don't have them right now. But still the same Reaction in the body is still uh, in our current life, but not because of real uh, fear, but because we create stories in our mind that are causing stress, for example. Yeah, the bears are not chasing us anymore. No, no. <laughs> but our mind does, right? <laughs> our mind does. For example, I, I sometimes talk with people and they say, 
Well, I don't want to share a thing that I, they are bothered about at work with my manager. And then I ask them, why? Yes, because I'm, I'm afraid that my manager will be irritated by it. Then I ask them, but how do you know that? Because the only reason that people think that that will happen is because they created a story in their mind that that will happen and that gives a bad feeling. So people really have to learn to trust their feeling, but it's about following your intuition. That's a good thing. But following your emotion is not a wise thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, in that case, I would say to the participant, if you feel that you create a story in your head and it creates an emotion that it doesn't feel good, then it's actually a good thing to do. If there's a deep intuitive feeling, then it's maybe not a good thing to do. But the chance is very small in a circumstance like this that I just described. So in other words, you say everything that requires some kind of activity, it requires certain level of stress, like even to focus or to move. It depends. It depends. Not everybody is reacting in the same way. And that's very interesting. For example, some people are reading a book and they recover. Some people are reading exactly the same book and they are draining energy. It's the same with, with social media. I saw one of my own measurements that I was recovering during uh, scrolling on Facebook, for example. Uh, but for most people, that is very draining. We don't know exactly what makes the difference, but we know that there are differences. And that is something that is measurable. So how do you know, like, what is draining you or and what is not, especially what you say that we sometimes have misconception, what is stress to us? Yeah, well, we help people to really measure the body, to first make them aware. We use some technology that people wear on their body for a few days and after that with, with a smartwatch. And we just try to measure what is causing stress and what are the, the moments that people are recovering. We make people aware of that. And at the moment that they are aware of it, I ask them, to let go of the technology and learn to feel it and just use the technology for a while as a guiding mechanism just to point out, okay, what do I feel and what does the technology show me? But at a certain moment, I want people just to feel what is happening in their body. That is something that we are completely disconnected from because we have quite mental jobs. So our focus is mainly focused on, on right. our head and not so much on the body. Right. So we don't know how to manage our body and what, listen to the signals of the body. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So you mentioned that recovery thing as mm -hmm. a very important thing. Yes. How do we know that we recovered and what do we need to recover? If it's mm -hmm. as well different from everyone, it's even more complicated, right? Mm -hmm. It's very important to make a distinction between rest and recovery. For example, many people uh, tell me, yeah, when, I, when I'm uh, watching Netflix, I'm uh, recovering. But actually what they mean, they are resting. So in their mind, it's, it's calm. But what we see is that when people are watching a screen, most of the time it's stressful and not so much a recovery moment. The same with going to the gym. People say, when I work out, I feel that I release my stress. Well, in a way, I understand it because your mind gets very peaceful. But at the same time, when you are exercising, you need stress. There are actually very high levels of stress that you use when you're exercising because you want to perform. But that's a way to strengthen your body to deal with stress. So that's why uh, going to the gym is a good thing. Uh, it helps you, your body to become stronger and deal with uh, stressors that you experience in your life. Yeah, so what is recovery? Like, can you yeah. give examples of what is recovery so we understand yeah. what you mean and what's the difference between rest? Yeah, 
Well, examples of recovery, also this depends on, on each person because everybody is reacting differently. But for most people, meditation is a very good thing to do to recover, but not for all people. The same for uh, uh, walking in nature, reading a book, spending time with your children, like quality time, uh, cuddling, physical touch is a very good way to release stress and to recover. So cuddling, having sex are great things to do. At work, taking regular breaks. So don't work for, for four or six hours in a row. Uh, work for what works for you. There are many different methods, but work for 40 minutes or 50 minutes and take a break. And a break should be without your smartphone, without talking to colleagues about work, but just walk outside, do a breathing exercise, for example, or talk with your colleagues about fun things. That are ways to recover. What also works very well at work is to uh, manage your breath. I think that's the most important thing. Learn how to breathe. Most participants, I ask, what, what, is it, what is a deep breath? And they are pointing to their navel. But that's not really a deep breath. Of course, I understand that your lungs are around that area. But when your uh, lungs are completely filled, they put down your organs. And that's why if you have a really deep breath, you feel it very low in your belly. So I learned people to breathe and especially at what times they need to breathe um, also to manage their, their energy. So interesting. So how do you know that you recovered? Because in this fast-paced world, as you say, we don't have breaks at all, and it doesn't seem that the world is built for us to encourage the breaks. Mm -hmm. So people probably don't have a habit to know that they recovered or recharged. So how do you know that? And maybe some tips there. Yeah. Actually, you should put it the other way around. Probably you would not notice it when you are recovered because you are just performing. You uh, feel that you can focus, that you can deal with emotions. You're just in a flow. You're just doing what you want to do. When you don't manage your energy, when you don't recover, at a certain moment, uh, your battery will become too low, your body battery. And at that time, your executive functions of the brain will get less energy. That means that it will perform less. And the autonomic brain will get much more energy because it's in a survival mode. And what you will experience if you are in that state is that it's more difficult to deal with emotions. It's more difficult to focus, to focus on the group benefits instead of my own benefits. It's very important when you're collaborating with people. So we will uh, be less productive by it. There are studies that shown that we answer questions 50% less accurate. Wow. So it's, it's a single study. We should not take it too serious because it's just one study, but it's, it's a study that is in line with many other studies about our executive functions when we're experiencing stress. And they all show the same results, that there's a, a, a correlation between them. Interesting. Yes. So you talked about bad stress and good stress. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a bit better what's the difference between them? Yeah. Bad stress, also called chronic stress, is a high level of stress that continues for many hours uh, or minutes. Good stress, when we look at uh, our measurements, it will create a peak, but it also will go down quite quickly. Once I did a measurement uh, on myself and I discovered I was doing a certain type of work that I truly didn't like. So it created a lot of 
high peaks of energy. I was a little bit annoyed by it. I was not looking at my stress results at that moment. At the end of the day, I came home and I looked at my stress results. And that was a very clear explanation why I was so exhausted. Because after that specific task, my energy levels uh, or my my stress levels uh, were still high, even though I did, did completely normal work that I normally like to do. So it's affecting a lot of other things during the day. So that, that is an example of, of bad stress. What I also call bad stress is when you have a continuous pace of stress without any recovery breaks, because that will affect your, your mood and your sleep, for example, but also your cognitive functions. And immune system. Functions. And immune system, yes. Yeah. What is your best tip to manage the stress? My best tip to manage the stress is, is to really look at your daily rhythm and especially how you are managing your energy. For example, a lot of people have a busy day with a lot of meetings. They come home, they quickly eat, they maybe have children where they have to take care of and maybe after they want to go to the gym just to get some peace in their minds to relax. But all those activities are, are stressful even though that uh, going to the gym is, is a positive stress, it is stress, so it is draining your battery. So for me, it would be uh, learning how do I manage my energy during the day. Um, and that's differently for everybody. What is also included, how are we do- dealing with, with our technology, for example, um, how we are dealing with a human interaction because we are in, an, in a modern life and we, we don't relate so much to each other anymore like we used to. Um, and we know that conversations, physical touch has a lot of effect on our body in a positive way. Yeah. So what do you think, what are the trends and the future of well-being at work? I think that we will have to explore what what the line is between work and private life. I already see that right now because for a employer, it's very important that employees are um, healthy and, and vital and happy. But there are mental well-being issues, for example, like addiction, anxiety, adapts, that is influencing an employee. And as an employer, you want to help the employee. Because if you help them, they will become more productive, they will be less sick, but most importantly, you have a happy employee. An engaged one. Yeah, an engaged one. That's great. So I I never doubt about your intention. But there's a big but, because as an employee, do you want to share those things with your employer? And if you share it, are people able to deal with that information because people make all kinds of assumptions what that means. So I think that we will explore that boundary about how far can an employer go to to help the employee. I think we we found a solution for that to find a a mix to let the employee explore themselves what is influencing them, give them direction to take action on it. And we create the sense of urgency by showing the data why it's important to act, even though if they don't share with us that they have debt, for example, um, based on data, we can still show them what is causing stress. And if they don't show it with me, they can still see, oh, wait a minute, that was the moment that I was stressing out about a bill, for example. Or if you have a game addiction, oh, that was the moment when I was gaming and this is the effect on my sleep. So I don't have to know that as a coach. So that is one thing about founding the boundary. Another thing that I think will happen in the future is that we will use more technology 
There are a lot of startups that are creating technology to improve well-being. There will be a shift between uh, between those that those technologies that really serve people, and those technologies that, if we will use them, we become more robotic actually, because there are also technologies that in development that people can put on the body uh, that gives certain vibrational signals to relax the body. But is that what we want? Is that I I don't believe in that direction. I think that the most human thing that we can do is teach people how to recover and relax. Self-awareness. Self-awareness, exactly. Yes. So what is your best tip to make a world a better place? (laughs) Yeah, the best tip to make a world a better place is about becoming more aware of yourself. We already talked about well-being, that's becoming more aware about what is going on in your your brain, uh, what is going on in your body. But it's also about awareness about who am I and... Um, how do we relate to the world? I think that will be uh, one of the most important things that we should learn. And how will that make the world a better place? Well, what I notice is that when people are less stressful, for example, and when people know themselves better at a deeper level, they can deal better with different situations. So they will not become uh, very stressful when somebody is shouting at them, for example. They will just relax. That doesn't mean that they don't have an emotional reaction, only that emotional reaction will not last for a very long time. So they will be very aware of their own behavior. What we also see is when people are more relaxed, their executive brain gets more energy. That's why we are better at self-reflection, for example. And I think self-reflection is one of the most important things to have because that moment of that ability gives us the opportunity to learn and also to f- reflect on our own behavior. Yeah, and with then you. you make better choices and you create better things and you relate with people better. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Beautiful. Yes. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your story and your knowledge with us. How people can find you? People can find me on my website, crystalclarity.nl. People can find me on LinkedIn. I'm showing a lot of content on LinkedIn. Uh, that is uh, Sander Gremmen. I'm always open to get the messages and to answer people's questions. I hope this conversation helped you to define better what well-being or stress is for you, or at least to get next steps towards that. Because to create a better world, first you need to know and realize what kind of world you want to live in.